You're listening to the Good Recruitment Campaign podcast with Kevin Green. And to find out more about the Good Recruitment Campaign, visit www.rec.uk.com forward slash good recruitment. Welcome to the new and latest uh, Good Recruitment Campaign podcast. With me today is Helen Durkin, who is the Employer Brand Program Manager for Amira, for Indeed, and Indeed are great friends of the REC and the Good Recruitment Campaign. So, welcome, Helen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's all right. I'm looking forward. So, your career, Helen, has been all about employer branding. Yeah. Um, and I suppose just tell us how you got into that. You know, how did you end up being an employer brand person? Because again, you know, I can see you did the job at Car Phone Warehouse, what you're doing now at Indeed, and in numerous other places. But it's always interesting to how did you get there? How did you end up in that? Yeah, and I think it's it's an interesting question because I think HR generally people seem to fall into it. You're not at university and you don't see a career coach and they go, do you want to go and work in HR? It just doesn't happen. Interestingly, my mum always said I'd be in HR. And so when she asks me now, she's like, what do you work in? I was like, HR. So why did she she say you should be in HR? What did she spot in you earlier? It was, I think for me, I've always been quite inquisitive when it comes to people. I like people, I'm very nosy about people. When I go out for dinners and restaurants, I'm always wondering what other people are talking about. It annoys the people I'm with. but also, I've always had kind of a background in helping in customer service elements in various roles. And they, yeah. yeah, they weren't in HR, but I've always been around helping people and, and listening to them and things. And I think that, that, that was that part of it. And then there was the other side. I've always been fairly creative. So my degree at university was film and television. I realised very quickly I didn't want to go into that industry after being a runner for four weeks um, um, on a Channel 4 TV show. Um but I always had that kind of creative element. And then I happened to, I'm from a very small village um, out near Oxford, and I happened to move to London. I needed a job, and I saw it was on a job site, unnamed. I don't know what it was called at the time. I actually tried to think about it. Um, of this role advertised as an account exec at TMP. Um, and yeah, was lucky enough based on, I had no background within what yeah. was, you know, it wasn't really called employer brand then. No. But I was used to dealing with customers. And yeah. in that time, it was, can you deal with 30 to 40 clients and their print ads, 10 yeah, by 3? Yeah, yeah. Do you want a black and white logo? So you, you were there at the beginning, at the birth. Yeah, I was, I was. Um, when the employer round wasn't spoken about, it, it was, I mean, recruitment marketing was spoken about. Yeah. Um, and we had campaign sites. So some of the big yeah. brands, yeah. I was doing public sector oh your lineage ads it's yeah 10 by 3 or sometimes you might get a half page colour ad in the Sunday Times where I first came across you was most probably I was trying to think about this this morning was most probably three years ago four years ago and you were at Carphone Warehouse and we got you to come in and do a bit of a presentation yeah Um, I think we were using Helen Rosethorn or whatever yes remember that yeah 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 yeah. who was at that time at Hodes Hodes yeah yeah. and and we did a session with a pair of you and I thought that you uh, told a great story about Carphone warehouse about and I think it was prior to the merger wasn't it yes it was. so you'd, you'd done both so it was two different brands and how do you bring them together I mean that was an interesting story in itself yeah that was really interesting and I will never forget my time in retail I think working in retail really prepares you for any other business it's 
frantic, it's fast paced, but again, the reason I stayed there so long was the people. There are a great bunch of people, I still know a lot of people there. Um, but yeah, really interesting because we did two years of building up the car phone warehouse brand, the collapse of Phones For You, uh, our brand wasn't doing so well based on people's views on Phones For You and mm. sales mentality, a very male focused business. Um, but we had a great culture internally that we weren't telling this story about and we, we weren't externally activating our employer brand, but we had people internally who loved it. We used to talk about, you cut us open, you see blue blood for carphone. Um, so we did all of that and we went through you know, new career site, new EVP and looking at how putting that across the whole candidate colleague journey. Um, and then we merged. And we went with Dixon's, which was a quite a different brand, yeah. well, different colour, but a different type of retail environment. Yeah, really different. They were big box retail, and we were small, entrepreneurial, and they were a lot more process driven, a, a lot bigger. Some great things we needed. We don't. We definitely didn't have those. Um, but yeah, it was a completely different cultures, and so you were fusing not only in some of the stores, you were fusing that in the head offices as well. Um, so very quickly, we had to go right. What are we taking? What are the best bits? that we're taking for this aspirational business that we yeah, want to yeah. be and also what reality are we now because the merger it's tough going as most people who've yeah, lived yeah, through yeah. mergers they are tough and some people want to leave through it and then new people come on board um so yeah we had to go through the whole process again of new career site new social strategy but we had some great building blocks yeah um, you've done it once mm. so it's that much easier yeah. you know the process but the answers might be different yeah we've learned so, a lot so in terms of your career when you look back um, and you're still quite a young person so uh, but what's the bit that you're most proud of what are the, when you think about the things that you've done you go actually that was fantastic you know mm. and actually whatever I do now um, I'd be quite proud of that you know yeah. something you can hang your hat definitely the work I did at, at Carphone and then what was is now Dixon's Carphone and kind of the award wins helped they helped internally for my brand and externally as well um, because we did a lot of work and it was really tough we were a, a car phone was 8,000 people and then for Dixon's car phone I think it was at 40,000 if not yeah, more yeah, now yeah. Um, and they're still doing some really great work building on that who, who's in the team now and I think what I am proud of in my current role and I've only been in role eight months eight nine months yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're doing a massive amount of work on managing our reputation which as we know is so important so our cross review sites like company pages on Indeed Glassdoor Kanunu in, in Germany yeah, yeah, yeah. got blind in the US we know that people are talking about us and candidates are looking at reviews and they're making decisions on businesses um, and we're managing that now so we've gone through a process of we monitor all reviews that come through we track them we look at the themes um, so I've, I've started that off globally and now we've got more people on board so we've regionalized that we take those themes back to the business we monthly present back and the action plans then go into HR to, with the business leaders mm. to this is what's coming out of these offices this is what globally is coming out this is what we need to be doing um, I'm really proud of that because it's it's kind of highlighted some really great stuff and then some stuff that we need to work on. Always. There's always things to work on in any organisation. So the things you're proudest of are the, some of the stuff you're doing now indeed, mm. you know, but also that, that the thing at uh, Carfine Warehouse and perhaps the merger and doing it for the, you know, creating a new brand out, yeah. so two very different businesses. So let's go the other way though. So what, what's gone wrong? What's that? And I don't mean wrong as in, 
you know, but what have you learned from? Where's yeah. something that you've experienced thought, actually, I'll tell you what, I'm never going to do it that way again, or I'm going to approach it differently. Because I think one of the things I'm trying to do with these podcasts is make sure that there are some real bits of learning yeah. for people. And you often it's about, yeah, well, what went well, but also what would I, you know, mm. what have I taken away from where something didn't quite work out? I think the previous company that I worked at, I think I made a decision to move to that company for the wrong reasons potentially and and I didn't think enough about whether the culture fitted me and I know based on my insights and my personality profile what businesses work for me so I'm going to be I'm going to push on this so, so what why did you go there then um, so you said for the wrong reasons so what were the wrong reasons was it just about the package and the, yeah, the offer I think, or? yeah it was a mixture of things I wasn't happy where I was I, I wanted to move um, it there was a, a dream that was sold that then wasn't there when I got there. So actually, their external employer brand didn't match up to internally what their brand was. Well, I spend a lot of time talking about um, that. Yeah, so I... And because, as my role is employer brand manager, I need to believe that employer brand. And it, it was really tough for me. And they, But what it did do, and I, I don't regret it. If I look back now, I don't regret it because it taught me to be resilient in kind of... I'd had that at Carphone because going through mergers and a lot of change it, mm. it teaches you to do that anyway but also I had to do a lot of stuff with nothing I'd, I had small budgets at Carphone I had, but I had budget um, I didn't have budget and so it it taught me how to reach out to those stakeholders and how do you lead build them. relationships yeah, how do you build, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah marketing PR the socials team you know we had there was kind of a, a social team that I could kind of lean on but then, you know, beg, borrow and steal content. You know, phone people up, get write stuff yourself, create, use all these free tools that you can get out there to create your imaging and things like that. But it just wasn't sustainable for me. But now I know yeah. things I can do with no money. Okay, all right. Uh, and so what would you... So if you look at yourself now, I'm, I'm, I'm not suggesting this happens, but in a few years' time when perhaps you decide mm. to go elsewhere... What's your criteria? What do you what, what due diligence do you do to make sure you don't make the same mistake again? I definitely do a lot more, and I did it with with Indeed. Um, I probably I think I had four or five interviews, which I you know I pushed to meet more people. For me, I like to meet a lot of people within the business and hear what they think because I think hearing from the people, you know what the culture is. Um, I like to do an office visit, so I because I because I spend a lot of time in the office. Like I said, I don't really like working mm. from home um, so I'll do it when I need to but I like to be in the office so the office needs to be an environment where I, I like to work um, and their plans for the future and what they want to do and is yeah. their buy-in for, for employer brand is that real is, is someone just yeah. selling a dream or is there budget for it and it doesn't have to be a lot of money I no. think people think you need a lot of money to build a massive employer brand you don't um, so they're those things, and yeah, and the people that I'm going to be working with, because that's and that's a personal thing to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's start to talk a bit about employer brand. So let's most probably start with why is it important? You know, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about it. There's a lot of, you know, there's books written about it. There's conferences. There's all sorts of noise about this. And why has it become such an important part of talent attraction and HR? Hmm. I think. It's a really interesting one because obviously it wasn't talked about 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago when it was the phrase was called coined employer brand. Um, but it was always there. I think 
why it's important and we've done some research ourselves as a platform is people are making decisions about working at places based on brand and based on what people are saying and if you're not managing it and if you're not finding out what it is mm. improving it because like, the most important thing for me is not necessarily how fancy your career site looks what you know what your advertising looks like it's the internal bit and if you're not managing that because your people are live and breathe your brand you're, they're your advocates they're your ambassadors they are your key to your brand and if you are missing that and not listening to them and not finding out what that is it doesn't matter what you put on your no, social platforms career yeah. site and I think for me what it comes back to and what is also why I took the role at Indeed is and there aren't many businesses that get it right is um it all comes back to does your business have a really clear mission and does everybody follow that and, and what does that mean to them so for us it's obviously we help people get jobs and I've never seen that so clearly in a business that I've worked in I know, I know we put it on all the t-shirts and it's everywhere and we have great swag which, which I love but for me it's then everybody understands why they're there it's the man on the moon theory it's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. you know the, the cleaner who worked at NASA and go why, why are you here so I put a man on the moon yeah. and so and I think if you have if a business has a clear mission it's then understanding right so how do finance impact that mission mm-hmm. how does marketing impact that mission yeah. how does me within employer brand impact that mission um, whatever I do I'm ultimately well I'm helping people get jobs who help people get jobs that's when for me is when it's that clear focus if you come up with there's a mission and then there's a brand statement and then there's an employer brand proposition then there's your talent brand and then there's some kind of deal and then there's some yeah, pillars it makes it so yeah, yeah, yeah. okay Helen tell us a bit about an organisation you think that's got a world class brand where you can see it feel it touch it and you whenever you come across it you go oh that's, that's, that's really quite something special you're not going to like my answer for this because I don't have an answer, because I don't have a favourite. Um, well, tell me about a couple. Yeah, because I thought about this, and if it's from a brand perspective, if I'm thinking brand and me as a consumer, I love trainers, so okay. I really gravitate towards a lot of sports brands and comfort and things. I'm all about comfort and fashionable trainers. So if we're talking about that, the likes of Adidas, Nike, things like that. Yeah, yeah. If it comes to employer brand, I, I, honestly, I really thought long and hard. I don't, and, and and I'm firm on this because, for me, a great employer brand isn't something that you look at and go, oh, it's really attractive, it's like, you know, it's got a great career site and things like that, and I think sometimes we get lost with this, some brands just have a sexier brand, and therefore they win all these awards because they have a sexier brand, and some people have not so sexy, boring brands, and it's, but it's not about that, it's about whether they've the metrics behind what they've done so when they've launched something have they measured it what what was the business impact and if that's done something if they had a clear kind mm. of we started here we got to here that's mm. a success that that means the employer brand project or program whatever they've done was a success so for me that's when a brand is a favorite of mine obviously i am a consumer so that's slightly different when it comes to consuming yeah. things but in what i work in I think sometimes fancy creative can kind of distract. Oh, I think it does. I mean, I think I think it's. I think you're right. 
So again, so tell us a bit about so tell us a bit about how you go about creating an yeah. employer brand, and then say perhaps some of the differences between a young funky business like Indeed and perhaps a legacy business where you you know it's different. You start in perhaps a different place. Yeah, I think they're yeah they're two big questions. Um, so firstly, in terms of creating an employer brand, I think firstly what I'd say is do not I've said it before you don't know and there's a lot of people within my peers within the industry who will say it you don't need these big budgets so first of all if if you think you need to go yes if you want to go and work with an agency I've worked at agencies so I would definitely support if you need them as a partner there's some great partners out there but if you don't have them you've got some great internal partners that you might not be using so your best friends marketing and PR they are your best friends yeah absolutely um for me, the, the first and the most key piece of doing it is the research. So, what is your current state? What, what, yeah. what like, what's and going for that, on? For that, is, 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 so your current state, is that what your current employees tell you? So, that's a, it's a mixture. So, I think that, that's where you have to get a balance. So, you've got to know what your current people are saying internally. And there are ways, you know, you can do a survey monkey. You can yeah, have a look yeah. at your engagement surveys. Yeah, yeah. You can look at your exit interviews for the, what you're saying. But then you look at you need to look at your external stuff. So you can do survey monkeys with a, a potential group of candidates that you might yeah. hire. Um, but also your review sites. So t- they are saying stuff, and there's former employees there, and there's current ones, and they're often saying stuff that they don't want to say internally or don't feel like they yeah, can say. That's true. And you need to look at multiple sources okay. to create that picture and go right. This is this is what's the problem? What's the problem we've got to solve? Um, how far is the gap between? So, so, and that might be the difference, isn't it? So, in a, in a, in a perhaps a young, funkier business, it will be. It's me making some assumptions, but it's already quite good. And people mm. say it's quite nice, but we, they don't quite do this and they don't follow through on that. You know, there'll always be some feedback. Whereas in perhaps a legacy business, is it might be you know a train operating company or a utility company. You know, this is we're so far away from our, what we would like to experience as employees. So, do you think that might be the starting point? Just might be that different that you know you've got a gap it's a smaller gap in a funky business and a bloody great big huge one with a legacy business yeah potentially I think small businesses still have problems because they haven't necessarily got the resource to put certain processes in place to support their employees you get that with a lot of smaller businesses especially small ones that have grown really quickly all of a sudden they've still got one HR person which was fine when they had 100 people and now they've got a thousand and that one HR person you know and so then there are issues that come out of that whereas when you're in a bigger business you often have a fully scaled up Um, I think the the problems that come out are different dependent on what the business is Um, sometimes I think small businesses can it can be harder for them because if they have got big problems they don't have the resources they don't have the money to kind of solve them but they can very quickly if they're in a business of you know 300 people they very quickly can know what the problem is yeah and you can get your arms around it as well you know it whereas a bigger business if you're looking at 10,000 people you often have to take yeah and you have to take a a sample size of how many people and then create a kind of general picture which is why I think you've got your research has to be across multiple sources um, not just doing an internal survey or looking at your engagement survey, which may have been at only certain points in the year, and your manager has said thank yeah. you seven days before that survey because they knew the survey was coming. Um, you, 
that's why you need to have that overall yeah. picture. So first thing is do your research, yeah. get some data, yeah. and then you look at that and go, what do you do next? Yeah, so then you need to like pull out the themes. So pull out what's the good and what's the bad from that. Um, so what do you need to fix? Potentially before you go out and do yeah. it, because a lot of the time you, it's you, the you, fixing that you yeah, need to do. Do you point that back to managers early? Yeah, always. I would I would never go to creating a proposition or whatever you want to call it, and then launching something without playing it back to your business and the right people in your business, um, whoever they are, not just HR. It's no. got to be your business no. leaders. So you need to make best friends as well with your CFO. <laughs> the man who the reason so why employer brand is important you know if we don't hire the right people or we don't attract the right people especially if it's in retail it's very tangible you know they're not they don't perform as well therefore they're not serving customers as well therefore mm. they're not bringing money in um, yeah you need to present this back and say this is from multiple channels this is what they're saying here and it can be really confronting I've done it with several boards and it, it's it's hard they they Sometimes they don't, don't like want it. it. No, they don't want to hear it. Yeah, and again, you often get challenged, which is I'm not sure that's true. Yeah. So how do you deal with that question? That's why it has to be multiple sources. And you have to have data. You yeah, have to have you have data. to show the data. Um, because, yeah, they can very easily, especially with review sites, they can say, oh, well, they just, you know, it's anonymous and they didn't it's make it It's always the people that didn't like it, yeah. didn't fit it. That's in. why they've left, you know, it's okay. Um, but if you've got... To, keep, to link back to an engagement survey, which most businesses will be doing, and it's on the exec agenda, as well as if you have a bit of budget, get an external provider to help do the survey, because a lot of times businesses like third parties playing back information, yes, I've do. always found, rather yeah, yeah, yeah. than, it's like an external expert comes in and all of a sudden then they listen. They listen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the data, you've got to present back the data before going anywhere. So. Do the research, collect the data, present yeah. it back, yeah. get some buy-in, and presumably yeah. you then talk about here are some things we just need to fix, yeah. which you sort of started to talk about, and here are some big, more systemic things we most probably need to work out over time. Yeah. So, and and, and where when do you? So what's the next step is the question mm. really? But when do you get to the bit where you go? So how do we articulate this? How do we turn it into a proposition? How do we write it down and articulate what we aspire to be? Mm. Yeah, so obviously the fixing bit for me is the key bit because often that forms your HR plan. So often it, it, it can form your plan because a lot of the things that will come out will be stuff, if you're, especially if you're in an employer brand role in talent attraction, you can't control. Someone's talking about their rewards and their salary. That's when everyone, it's an HR plan and it's like yeah. these are the things that are coming out that affect our brand. There's lots of things that affect that. Um, to create the proposition, that is where you need to have made friends. If you don't have any budget, you need to make friends internally with because you need to become a marketeer. If you yes, haven't, if you haven't got that, if you are, there's obviously a lot of recruiters out there who get given employer brand as a project, and it's not something that they've done before. Is looking at those themes and coming up with something very simple and clear, not necessarily a massive long essay with a load of themes and a load of things that are very complicated. That's why if you've got a clear business mission and you want to come up with a talent brand or employer brand or whatever you want to call it linking to that they need to come like together so often yeah. it's yeah is there a creative writer within the business who is yeah, so doing you have that? to pinch some resource I mean yeah. either you get, use an external agency which can be expensive yeah. or you go to marketing and go look we're going to create a, a brand proposition around our, uh, our employee offering. I need some support. Yeah. You know, I need some marketeers, someone that can write. I need yeah. someone who can be quite creative. Yeah. And I need them to work with us for a period of time, which 
isn't a bad thing to do, particularly in a consumer-facing business, because I think most marketeers don't quite get it. Mm. And the more they're engaged in it and start to understand it and see that actually it's supportive and it's one and the same thing, helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's a journey, I think. You have to... Often with employer brand, when you're bringing in these stakeholders, you have to find out what their problems are and therefore how this can help, rather than just present them with everything you're going to do and not, not listen to what they're saying. You say, CFO, what's your problem? Oh, it's I'm not. We're losing money here. Okay. By hiring the right people, bringing them in quicker, reducing our cost per hire, we're going to have a savings of this, yeah, yeah, yeah. for example. Um, and obviously there's a load of work that's been done around, you know, increasing MPS out in retail and how that can hit the bottom line um, yeah and, and I think you can I think using a third party is definite if you can use that if you've done the research yourself um, a bit of budget behind just yeah. getting somebody well, to write just, something yeah, and, it, and, and to be honest one thing I've always found with anything like this is you know, once you start to engage leaders and HR and marketing with a few concepts and mm. a few, they get all quite interested, don't they? Because yeah. we're going to do use this, or what do you like this or this? And, and and sometimes if you just get some people to mock stuff up, it just creates a really good, exciting, energising conversation, doesn't yeah. it? And also, I think within when you are playing that that research back, I think it's what what are your competitors doing? Because that's when it it can get interesting because as soon as you start so people, just, competition as soon as people start to see what someone else is doing and what they're not so what how the do you play is. that into the mix do you do so you do the research you play it back you get people to understand the issues yeah. you're going to get you're going to build a proposition you might need some external support internal yeah. support where do you do the bit about mapping your brand against some of your competitors do you do that after the, after the research before the conceptual bit? Yeah, before the conceptual bit. Um, it forms part of the, the research. I mean, you can form it as part of it or do it after you've played it back. Yeah. But you can, if you've got everyone in the room, do it with the research. And yeah, some simple mapping of... Because you want to find where your gap is. Because at the same point, you don't want to do what all your competitors no. are doing. What's your competitive advantage? Um, so you can do an audit of what are they externally putting out what, okay. what's their score across multiple review sites so you get what, their scores from review yeah, sites yeah what are they saying on their careers site what are they saying on their social what are the kind of themes that are coming out for their therefore you know what's the gap look we based on what we've looked at and what they're saying this is where we can own this space and one of the things I'm interested in is, is do you see competitors as your direct competitors or do you see competitors where you might be looking for talent because I think they're two different things because I think yeah. most people think competition so if you're Coca-Cola you go out and look at PepsiCo mm. if you're Unilever you look at Procter & Gamble yeah. well sort of obvious I'm not saying you shouldn't but if you would go well I don't know uh, you're in uh, Farrington aren't you so you'd be going actually our jobs market's most probably London yeah. and within, within half an hour and and actually, we're looking for people that have worked in a tech business, perhaps, and have got different skills. Mm. So, actually, you might not be competing directly against LinkedIn. You might be competing against loads of other yeah. tech businesses. Anyone who's selling yeah. a product. Yeah. yeah. Um, depends what business you're in. Ours, if you're looking at Indeed, yeah, our competitors are probably in the same market as us. But it depends what function we're hiring for. Um, so you can go as I think as detailed as you want to go you can show look these are competitors in finance and this is this is what they're saying these are our competitors if we're, when we're looking at sales I think you want to pick 
the volume of roles that you hire for. Yeah. And then and do a competitive yeah. comparison based on yeah. the volume rather than it, yeah. it gets a bit too detailed if you're doing it for every, every department. Every role because it's yeah. all different markets yeah. and stuff. Um, I've heard you talk about content quite a lot. And mm. One of the things I know you've done, and I'm, one of the reasons I was really keen to do this podcast, was when we had an employer branding thing here at the REC uh, as part of the Good Recruitment campaign, you were talking about your brand ambassadors. And yes. Stuff. And that's, you know, employee-generated yep. content. Did you want to just say a bit about that? Because I think one of the things that I love is, I'm a great lover of, I like video, little snippets and stuff. I like people, I like stuff that's real. There's nothing worse than a chief exec, one of the videos, and this is who we are, what we are like. Obviously, this is really dreadfully dull. Yeah. So just tell us a bit about what you've been doing at Indeed and, 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 and how you're using that to galvanise people internally but also use it externally to attract talent yeah I think we've gone on a, a massive journey and my um, boss who set up our, our team Brian Cheney um, who a lot of people will know in the industry set up our team from just himself and one other person and um, set up what is hashtag inside indeed which is kind of our call to action our driver for all of our social talent for social kind of content and is comes from our ambassadors now our ambassadors are uh, a team of kind of volunteers within the business and their role is that they drive engagement, they support some of our initiatives, but part of their role is to share content. So let me just ask you a couple of questions about that. So mm. is that, you know, volunteers is great, yeah. but volunteers without any kind of skill or idea about what they're doing yeah. is not always that helpful. Mm. So how do you go about deciding who becomes one and who isn't? And then the other question I suppose is, and you know, this is, I've seen lots of organisations try to do this, and I think the thing that you do quite well is you give them some time, or you tell them it's a proper part of their job. Yep. It's not just. So in terms about those two things, so how do you select people, and then how do you give them some time and responsibility to yeah. to do stuff? Otherwise, it often you know I've got two minutes a week, and you know. Yeah. So yeah, within within the business for us, it's a it's something they apply for, so it's it's part of their job, and obviously that they do have to kind of get managers sign off that they can kind of work on this as well because it can take time for them yeah. to yeah. be supporting some of our internal events but also they could be going to external events and being our brand ambassadors and I mean sharing content the first, when we first started doing it it's finding who those influencers are because people some people are already doing it so who yeah. are they and therefore we started we are very lucky as I said about our Indeed swag if you're a client of Indeed you probably got yeah, some a water bottle or a pad yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we may we give influencer swag so they get their own so it's no well, one else can get that. Don't you give something to all new joiners? I mean, one of the things they, yeah, I've, they seen on, I've seen I've seen loads of stuff when people join indeed that they have pictures of trainers and yeah. like a huge great big swag bag. I think that's I mean it's just and I think that is quite natural. People yeah. look at like, my new job they give me all this stuff. Yeah. Just a nice thing to do. Yeah. So there's that, but the the ambassadors and the influencers um, they get different swag. So it's kind of this special club that they're part of um, and yeah and then they're part of we have a, a kind of we reward them in different ways and it's not monetary it's you Is know it sort of they, a network thing they yeah so they, they're part of a team so there's leads in each there's leads in kind of geographical okay. locations who are then responsible for okay. galvanising the ones in, in the markets um, they can come to kind of events they can take part in stuff um, and we now have 600 so last year I think we had around 200 we've now got 600 so, ambassadors and I suppose for people that haven't, aren't aware of this, what do they do what, you know, what's their core 
I mean, they come to things, they understand, yeah. they're in a special club, and then that's what you give them, really. Yeah. And then what do they give to you? What do they do for Indeed? They give time. So they, so we have um, our kind of CSR program, Good Deeds. So they are part of that kind of doing any events with... So oh, we've got a thing called Job Squad where we help people in the communities around writing CVs and things like that, and that's kind of globally. Um, and any kind of charity things we're doing in market, they're usually part of that. Yeah. Um, they um, are also kind of the other. Their main role is to share content. So, so what wearing, does that look like? wearing, no, wearing swag. So if you look on our inside, indeed. So if you look on our Instagram, our Instagram is our main one. You'll see. I'm in one of them actually with a, a t- with me in the Alps from oh, behind, nice. and I got my mum to lie on the floor to take the best picture of me with the mountains and the brand. A lot of it is taking pictures of themselves at work or on holiday because we have a, a great kind of holiday policy um, in unlimited holiday yeah in limited um, in terms of we yeah as long as you're going to deliver your objectives and manager's discretion you we're about making sure our people are healthy and happy and energised at work and need time to take away and reflect and, also, and then come back and bring their best self um, so yeah, their job is for that, and it, it started off really ad hoc, and it was, you know, things. please can you go and share this, and do you have you taken a picture at that event? And now, you know, we've got now fourteen thousand shares of on hashtag Inside Indeed, and it's on everything, and everyone just and why does Instagram? It. Um, well, no, Instagram. If you want, if, I'm just saying, if people want to look at some great pictures on there, all in one place. Yeah. But we use, um, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then we're across YouTube and LinkedIn, which we share with our corporate friends. So we kind of share that. Um, and then, yeah, we also have a podcast channel that we're on SoundCloud that we're as a team now trialing out. Um, well, you, what, you interview people internally. Yeah, yes, we do about the job that they do. So very and you make like sure this. I only say the nice things. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, obviously. You've got to be honest and authentic about the brand. I'm going well. to pick up. I knew you'd say that word because because <laughs> for, for me that's. I mean, I think indeed is a, a is a nice organisation from the external. I'm working mm. with it, and I think it's real, um, and I think it's authentic. And you don't always know that until you're in it, but mm. you, from the outside, it, it certainly seems that way. And if you just think about the leave policy and just the whole thing about the ambassadors, there's mm. a commitment there yeah. to do this, isn't it? So. I suppose the other bit is the cynical bit, mm. and I've got to be the cynical because that's my job here as a interviewer. So it all sounds really nice. Yeah, you know, six hundred people taking photographs yeah. and yeah. sharing good stuff, and they got great leave. Well, I so, came in when it was nice. Yeah, <laughs> so the question well. is: so, and this is the, 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 the you know, how do you measure it? Yeah. How do you know it's making a difference? Yeah. Um, yeah, and we actually, I had a ran a panel session on that particular thing of measuring ROI in employer brand um, and it was a really great discussion actually um, the main thing is measure it <laughs> like don't forget and then yeah, six yeah. months later go oh I didn't put any measures in place so I have no idea yeah. um, how well that's done and therefore I can't go back to the business to get more budget no. um, but you also can't yeah you can't justify the time and the effort and mm, all the hard work and the point of having the measurement is you've got to have the measurement at the beginning because you go you know, these are the scores we get. This is the feedback we yeah. get, and engagement, and we already measure all these things. And we're just going to go back and look whether it gets better. Yeah, yeah. and it, you've got to pick the right measures for your business because I think, and I've been asked a few times, oh, if you're going to measure Helen things, what what would you measure? What should I measure? And I was like, it's not right for me to tell you what to measure in your business because each business is different. So for us, 
we we're measuring you know impressions and shares and then you know conversion to indeed.jobs because that's right because that's what we want to measure and we want to see the conversion of what we're putting out there across the world and for me and Mia how am I building our reputation in particular markets where we need to hire more people um but that's not right for everyone. Some people. So, what did you? What measures did you have at Carphone Warehouse, for example? We had a scorecard at, at Carphone where we had a mixture of measures. We actually had fir- first measures, like our main measures, and then like secondary measures, um, and they were a mixture dependent on what channel. So, Twitter, for example, was engagement on content. It wasn't followers yeah. because followers of job channels on Twitter, it. It's yes. not relevant because no. they follow when they're looking for a job and then they'll just potentially unfollow or just not pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Whereas actually, when you share the content, it's that you're pushing it in the right place with the right hashtags and it's so it was looking at engagement mm. of that. LinkedIn was increasing the followers, um, yeah, yeah. therefore, and n- not just internal people who work at your business, but and, yeah. and across different locations. Um, Instagram for us we look at yeah it's shares and comments and likes it's the engagement piece for us for our social so piece that's the sort of front end bit isn't yeah. it that, that's the awareness the yeah. brand experience then how do you convert that bit what are the measures you use or either mm. where you are now or yeah. um, Carfo um, which would be do we get the do we get candidates we wouldn't get normally? Yeah. Do we get better people filling our jobs? Because at the end of the day, that's mm. one of the things you're looking for, isn't it? Now, I know that's yeah. not... It's hard. I, there's no perfect... <laughs> yeah. I know that. Yeah. But just tell us about how you go about it. So, I mean, Indeed's got a... You know, you've certainly got resource. You're passionate about mm. it. You're investing in it. And you sort of know it was working. Yeah. Because you wouldn't continue to do it if you didn't. But how do you know that you're getting the right people applying and you're selecting the right people? Or can you ever can you ever can you ever do a hard cause and effect? I think again, I think when it comes to if you're just doing on brand, that's very difficult. And I think marketing are a lot further on the journey than maybe we are in employer brand, but you can yeah. there are tools out there we can look at does your share of voice increase yeah. in terms of yeah. the more content that you're putting out there and more people talking about you, therefore um, the conversion of organic traffic to your website, does that start to increase? Because yeah. actually if you put more social content out there you would hope that there's more articles that are organic that are appearing up there and people talking about us therefore more hits on our website Um, for us ultimately I am in the talent attraction team within Indeed and us is about getting the right hire so it is about those quality applications Um, and we yeah and we have to track that so we are you know tracking and measuring our social channels Um, we're not quite where we want to be right now Mm -hmm. um, because we are a team of nearly 13 globally, which is going to be great. Um, I'm currently hiring, which is also really helpful for, for language skills. Um, so we're on a journey of what, what does that look like in terms of broader metrics, but ultimately we have to fill the funnel. We're yeah, a yeah, team yeah. that has to support the, the recruitment, the recruiters. And, the and, and so the, the, the talent attraction, the, the recruiters are going, you know. We're struggling to fill these types of jobs, and we yeah. get loads of applicants for these yeah. ones. So can we dial it down on there yeah. and dial it up a bit yeah. over here? You get you have those set up conversations. Yeah. And yeah. then do you try and manage the the content or the feed? So you say, you know, actually the problem is we, we have a problem attracting finance people, mm-hmm. but we're great. You know, if it's tech, we haven't got a problem. Yeah. I'm not sure it is that, but you know what I'm saying. So how can can you sort of can you be that um, sensitive or that granular? in terms of content and uh, the stuff you do at the front end to be able to get the 
the core people to apply for the jobs there you're struggling? Yeah, we're going for a process now. Obviously, it's a kind of test and learn for us. Um, Emir is a real growing market for us and indeed and in terms of growth it's massive um, we're growing really heavily especially in Dublin um, and it's a market we don't operate in as a as a platform completely uh, so we've got a headquarters there but oh, Ireland itself really Ireland itself isn't um, it will be yeah. but you know the UK is massive for us oh, and, other, and Germany and yeah. things like that um, but we place a lot of people there so we're testing with lots of different things so that's why we're doing a lot of work on podcasts. How do we get out into the right people? How do we build our brand through, you know, programmatics? And we all are paid for kind of advertising. Yeah. Um, and the brand ambassadors are really important because we can, if we see a problem or we know we need new content in a, in a market um, where we've not got some, we talk to the ambassadors in the market yeah. and go, guys, we do a competition. We do a competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, actually, the best photo on on holiday we call it paid time off PTO um, of you in your Indeed shirt you get you get to go to an event or something internal that we reward them with um, so we can have that content so then we can use that content to because we know our competitive advantage can be some of our benefits or the career development that we've got and things like that so we can dial it up based on you know and, and that's good because we sit in talent attraction so I weekly daily talking to all the recruiters across Amir for what are their problems and hearing it because yeah, first hand yeah so I put that piece of content out what are the what's the quality looking like because I can see you've got applications but I don't want to just give you a lot of volume yeah I want to give you the quality okay we're going to take a couple of a minute break there uh, and then we'll be back for the second half of this podcast with Helen Durkin from Indeed where we're going to be talking about where does employer branding go from here we most probably touch on technology and we'll also talk about how do you build those internal relationships with HR and marketing so you develop you know wonderful employer brands and then we'll finish off with a little bit about a good recruitment campaign so we'll be back in a moment jobs transform lives and that's why the REC is building the best recruitment industry in the world as the professional recruitment body, we're determined to make businesses more successful by helping them find the talent they need. To discover how you can be involved in the Jobs Transform Lives campaign, visit rec.uk.com. So welcome back to the Good Recruitment uh, podcast with Helen Durkin from Indeed. Um, so really, in the first half, we've been talking about your career, about employer branding, some of the great stuff at Carphone Warehouse that you did, and, and uh, perhaps even more about some of the really exciting stuff that you're doing at Indeed. Um, in the second half, I really want to talk about the future. So let's talk about the employer branding. Let's look about this as a quite a young discipline. I don't know, perhaps 10 years ago, it was starting to be talked about. And then the last five years, I suppose it's become you know, much more fashionable and much more in the public consciousness. Um, let's just think about 10 years in the future. And what do you think employer branding will be? You know, where will it reside within organisations? What would it look like? What will we be doing that's different from today? I think, I think for me, well, I'd, this is what I'd hope, um, that employer brand has a seat, more of a seat at the table. It, it is just a, it's just what we do. I think we talked about earlier about not calling it multiple different things. I would hope that we just 
talk about brand or whatever that is, whether yeah. engagement experience, brand experience, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. That, that but I think the a, point is, is that perhaps we've won the argument. Yeah. That, that there isn't, there has to be a, not a battle, but you don't have to explain all of it. Um, because job seekers, like, they want to know about businesses and they want transparency. And I mean, Edelman has done a whole, they do their yearly survey on, on trust and people trust people more than they trust brands. Mm, and that's true. so it's going to be even more important that your employer brand is being lived and breathed by your people and those advocates and those ambassadors. And I think I think that's where we might see more of the the switch is less focus. Well, maybe that's what that's because what we're doing at Indeed and what we see is really important is less of the focus on spending a lot of money on yes a career site is, is very important and it but it, it's just getting someone from a to b got to get someone yeah. to apply but it's what your people are saying about you on platforms on yeah. blogs on i think sharing so with them because people trust people and people apply for jobs yeah. when they might get referred a lot of businesses referrals is like one of the highest sources and that's because there's someone working there who loves working there and they're telling their friends I mean, for me, I think that I think you're absolutely right about some of that. I think there really is a an opportunity to think about it in terms of you know measurability, the impact it has. But for me, I think it I think it moves and becomes more holistic, which is perhaps it's as much about retention and much about discretionary effort and getting the best from our people yeah. as it is about attraction. Yeah. Because it's one and the same thing. It's about actually, do we look after our people? Do we manage them well? Is it a great place to work? Mm-hmm. And if that's yes, yes, and yes, then you get all of those internal benefits and then you go, and how do we just project that and tell people about it? Yeah. You know, that's that, you know, so, and I think that's why it's one and the same thing. Otherwise, it becomes a bit artificial, doesn't it? It becomes, you know, mm. how does it all fit together and we have to map yeah. it internally and all that difficult Yeah, and often the recruitment problem can be a retention problem. It's not always because I think because there's, well, there's growth, growth there's massive growth. Yeah. There can be growth. So I think you have to get the the balance of what is the growth and what is the internal problem. Yes. Which is why that when we talked about the research bit, you, what is the problem? Because yeah. some people go, I want to go and do. They've heard it. I want to do an employer brand project. Okay, is that the why? problem? Yeah, yeah. Like what is it? Because you've seen someone's won an award for a great career site or a social strategy. Or is the problem something completely different? Which, if it's about your salary structure or your pay and benefits, that's a longer-term project that needs a lot of work and a lot more buy-in. And and the research will tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. And it might, it's often about managers. You know, I mean, I think we create brands and cultures, shall we say, internally. But you often find differences in different parts of an organisation, and you go, "Why is that?" And it's because the leaders are different mm. and, and managers and. You know, that whole thing about people leave, you know, I joined leave organization and I do, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you know, you know it yourself. I can remember a great manager in a terrible organization yeah. where I stayed quite a long time and I've joined a really great business. Terrible yeah. managers and leaders. And, and so they are one and the same thing, aren't they? Okay, so that's a bit about the future of employer branding. Tell us about your view of technology. Mm. You know, is it hindering the attraction of talent? So one of the stuff that we did um, here at uh, part of the Good Recruitment Campaign we did a survey mm. and I'm sure you've seen this which was about the whole thing about um, the candidate strikes back so we surveyed loads of candidates and within that there was a couple of things that was really interesting one was a bit about only 20% of employers are asking for feedback so 80% aren't even measuring stuff so how do you have great experience if you don't even measure it so that's one which is obvious but the second one was 
actually the technology gets in the way. Mm. You know, quite a lot of people were saying that the problem with this is people don't respond, you get an automated response. You know, yeah. you know and, and, and you know, technology clearly helps us deal with volume and helps us, you know, be, uh, you know, helps with the process and being systematic and all of that. But at the same time, sometimes you take away the human content, you take away the touch point, you take away just treating people civilly, and you end up with a worse experience. Yeah. And you've done this great work, and people go, Yeah, I want to go have yeah. a look at work in there. And then they start the process, and it's like, Oh, clunky, and mm. don't get a response. And so, how, you know, tell me about technology and, and yeah. branding and. I you know, it's, it's recruitment, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a balance. Obviously, I work in a tech business, um, so for us, it's the forefront of what we do. We use AI and machine learning to understand job seeker behaviour and therefore create new products, improve our product. Um, but there has to be a balance. Uh, but then we have the people who work at Indeed, and so they're using the the data and they're using the machine learning. We're listening, and then there's the human interaction of yeah. how do we then produce something and I think that's the same with talent attraction you have to get a balance I think tech's the enabler it, it shouldn't be it shouldn't stop the human connection we are all humans we thrive off human to human contact so I think if you bring in a, a chatbot for example to if you've got you've got a problem around volume and you maybe have two recruiters that can't deal with this volume a chatbot can be great to kind of at least filter but shouldn't get rid of the then personal no. picking up the phone, a recruiter having a conversation with a candidate um, to then take them through to the next step. So I think you have to get a balance of when can tech fix a problem. Um, but if but if a process is broken, you've got to fix a process. You can't just put another piece of tech in and hope mm. that that no, fixes a broken process. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's human connection is is really important. You should, and I think we're going to have gone a bit of a journey with it. I think I think we've got really excited in the in the business around this. All these cool. There are some great pieces of tech out there when it comes to assessment tech, or you know, the bots, or um, great kinds of careers platforms and ATSs and things like that. But you have to put them in the right places and not just use all of it. I think yeah. we, there's kind of a pick and mix, and everyone's like, oh, I want all of it. Yeah. But if it if it doesn't, don't. Because I think a lot of the time what we do is we we look at a piece of tech and it will make the recruiter's life better. But that might not make the candidate's life better. And that and that can be a difficult thing to, to look at and a, because you know the recruiter obviously doesn't want extra admin, doesn't want them to be yeah. doing extra yes. things. Yes. But if that means the candidate's got to go through a seven-step yeah. application process just to make the recruiter's life easier ultimately we're destroying a candidate experience and that's what we should be looking at. So any decision should be made. Is yeah. this right for the candidate? Just as you would for a customer. Is yeah. this right? The decision we're making as a business, is this going to improve yeah, our customer experience? And of course you want to be efficient and effective, but you're absolutely right. It is about the experience we're providing. I mean, I came across a classic example not long ago where an organisation was asking people to do an online assessment thing. It was quite onerous and they said they'd come back to them in... 48 hours and didn't come back in 48 hours and then they had to chase it up and then they got something saying dear candidate and they didn't even have to you know didn't use their name and you're mm. thinking well that's appalling mm. you, you know as a consumer if someone said you know I've got to fill in a form before I bought something and you come back 48 hours and then you don't come back in 48 hours and you don't even use my name when you come back I go it's just 
but mm-hmm. actually it's not great service is it which you know maybe tech enabled maybe doing it efficiently but if it's not good it doesn't matter how efficient you are yeah and I think that that's the biggest um, we've done some research and that's the biggest thing that candidate we've done research with candidates and research with employers as indeed um, and that's the biggest piece of feedback from candidates is I do not hear back yeah. Um, and as a platform, it indeed doesn't give feedback. But obviously, we're working on behalf of yeah, yeah. the multiple employers who are on our, our site, um, and that's the biggest, the biggest thing. Um, they just want to hear. They want to hear back. They want to know. Well, they don't want to just and, left. And, not yeah, and again, you know, in the good recruitment, one of the things we always said is that you know, it's not that hard to fulfil um, candidates' expectations. Mm. You know, they they want to actually no news no news is just tell me there's no news and you're going to come back in another two days and and actually if I have to come back for another interview just tell me so there's a bit about keeping them informed and then the second bit is always interesting for me is this bit about um, and if I've gone through a thing and I've been interviewed or come to a selection centre or assessment centre or whatever give me a bit of feedback mm. you know only one person's got the job I understand that there might have been ten of us but just give me a bit of feedback because I spent quite a lot of time and energy yeah. applying for a job and actually might help me with the next one and you might be interested in applying me, you know, me going for another job later on. Yeah, and I think it's being honest about the timelines. Everyone's an adult and if you tell them exactly what's going to happen, then they'll accept it. It's a bit like in Prior Brand, if you're honest about it, so even if you're honest about, well, there's some stuff we're working on, you're going to find this, this and this, yeah. they're, they're making a decision. They're saying, well, I've signed up to that, that's fine, rather than not telling them anything or telling them a lie and then they come in and find that that's not true I think if you say you can do it in different ways you say look we're a small team we might not get back to you for two weeks but we will get back to you um, thank you so much for your application so there are ways of doing it I remember receiving something as a customer I think it was from energy supplier or someone it was and everyone hates getting the T's and C's and they're always pages long when you get sign up to a new kind of whether it's broadband or whatever yeah, yeah, it is yeah. And you never want to read it because it's all in legal jargon. And I remember it was really, I really liked it. And it was something I kept to then look at how do we do that from a candidate perspective because, and I worked with our employee um, relations team at, at CARF and I showed it them because the first page went, look, the next couple of pages are going to be full of legal jargon and we know you're not going to like it. And it was really quirky the way it was written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really need you to read it because it's really important. So if you could just read it, that'd be really great. Because they were honest and it was funny and they added a little bit of humour, yeah. you then I then went, oh yeah, okay, I'm sure probably read that. And and then I worked with a then ER team to go, look, we know in ER it's really hard. How do you live and employ yeah. branded ER? But you just need to be honest and upfront and go, we know we're gonna we're gonna throw a bit of legal jargon at you, but this yeah. is so important because this means this, this, and this. Um, and if you do need us to explain it, just give us a call and just put the human kind of element yeah, on it. Yeah, it's always about context. Yeah, got to people why. Exactly. And then let them make the decision rather than you make the decision for them. So one of the things about delivering a great employer, brand, candidate experience, all of that sort of stuff that we've been talking about is about aligning people internally. Mm. So tell us about, and I know I'm sure you've had some great experiences of getting everyone geared up and all focused on the same thing and times when it hasn't quite worked. So tell us, you know, your approach to going about that. How do you get marketing, PR, internal comms, HR, all of those people sort of agreeing what it is, what we need to do and how we measure it so that you get that, you know, that that wonderful opportunity of driving something that makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, because I've had it both ways. So I've had it where it's taken a very long time and I've eventually got there, learned from it and then managed to do it 
well at the next place. Um, I think it's get, it's getting the right people in the room at the very beginning before you do anything. Um, and that when you... my The employer brand role I've always had has always kind of sat in the recruitment team. Um, and you sometimes presume then recruitment know what you're doing and things like that. So they, you need to remember that you still need to yeah, pull yeah. them in, first yeah, and foremost, yeah. and the rest of the HR function. Um, so they understand why it's important for each of their yeah. areas. So why is it important to get to reward? Why is it important to internal comms? Marketing, PR, and then business. There needs to be yeah, a key yeah. business sponsor. So often the way I've seen it work is when you have a sponsor who's not in marketing, who's not in HR. So they are, you know, are they the finance director? Are they your chief operating officer? Who are yeah. they that you've been able to say, this is gonna help the business and this is why, and they are your spokesperson, so that you're not just the HR person in the room trying to talk to uh, the business people, trying to sell something that's, oh, this is just an HR initiative. You've got someone in the business going, no, this, this is really important because of X, Y, Z. So for me, it's getting them up front but marketing at PR, comms, they are your best friends. They need to be your best friends. Um, sometimes I've been really lucky, indeed they are already. Like we work really collaboratively. Um, it's the first time I've had that, which is really nice. Um, but you, you need to get them on side in terms of how do we work together? When I put something out, how does it help you? When you put something out, yeah. how does that help me? Um, and come up with your and that's where you, when you're all getting in the room, what are your measures? What what are the business measures? What are the recruitment measures? What are the HR measures? Um, and have some patience because it doesn't happen overnight and it, you will get frustrated. Just as a sort of a little bit, I mean, one of the, I, I, I get that. And I think, I think you clearly, I mean, I think you're working with people that sort of get why you're there and what yeah. you want to do and yeah. do. I'm lucky. Yeah, I think, I think you must be a little lucky, lucky the most that are doing this work. But one of the things I do want to do is to talk about line managers. For me, they're, they're a bit of an enigma in the whole recruitment process, aren't they? Because the they're the ones that often... People. They are. They're the ones that keep going, I want this, or I yeah. need this, I need two of them, and one of yeah. them, and I can't hire this, and this person's left, all of that noise. And then you sort of think, you know, and what's our Achilles heel quite often in all of this stuff is line managers not making decisions, yeah. not getting back to people, delaying stuff, losing good candidates. Yeah. How do you get the line? You know, not you know, not the senior leader like chief operating officer or the FD, but just the sort of you know person that's a wants people in their team. Mm. You know, it might be an operations person or a tech person or whatever. You know, how do you get them bought into what you do? Um, yeah, it's because that's that's a lot of work. I haven't had I haven't done it as yet, indeed. But it we do work really closely with our yeah. with our line managers, and there will be you know, the, the kind of middle management, yeah. as you would call it. In in previous roles, um, yeah, they are the key people because they make or break the candidate experience and the colleague experience. You bring someone in on onboarding yeah. and all of a sudden their manager isn't looking yeah. after them or they're in an interview and they're late yeah. and they don't sell the business. Um, and it again, it's finding out what their problems are and then okay. telling them how this is going to solve it. So, as we come to the end of our conversation, just tell me a little bit. I mean, Indeed have been a huge supporter of the Good Recruitment campaign right from the beginning. They've, you know, they've been sponsors, they've been involved with the research, we've used data. So, um, and I know that you've been involved in previous lives, mm. certainly at the Carlton West. Mm. So, why have you been involved in the Good Recruitment campaign and what have you used it for? What have you got out of it? Yeah. You know, what have Indeed got out of it? And, and I, I suppose what did Carphone Warehouse get out of yeah. it? Yeah. I think for me personally, um, I'll do that first, is personal experience of me 
learning from peers and joining workshops and reading white papers it's a great kind of source of knowledge I think when you're in a brand role you often feel like you're on your own and no one understands and I think it's quite cathartic when you come to especially the employer brand kind of workshops that we're now doing you come along you're like oh I'm not the only one and you share and you share knowledge and you share learnings and obviously we've got our whatsapp group and we're sharing ideas can someone help with this can someone do that and that for me from a personal kind of growth and learning and development so there's a bit of a networking meeting other people with similar problems there's a bit about the whatsapp group so you just I mean all sorts of weird and modern stuff in there isn't there yeah I'm looking at ATSs often tech or I'm looking for to hire someone or you know all sorts of things but so that again is that sort of yeah you know, real network thing. So certainly networking is one bit, and the research you've mentioned. Yeah, the case, the white papers. Um, I know for in, internally, indeed, we've obviously we, we've supported some of the research, mm. but internally for the for the TA team, the, the papers are there for us as a resource mm. of education to what are other people doing, what are the things that we can be doing better on, um, and then in previous roles, yeah, the, the upskilling the recruiters. The training that you, yeah, 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 yeah. that you can get access to and the mentoring and, and things like that and I think it's really important especially if you can men- match people up if someone's in a smaller business they're no, on their own they no, don't really know how, how can they learn from someone else who's further ahead who's done stuff and matching those people up and mentoring I think is really invaluable um, uh, yeah and it's just a, a nice thought you can just go there and find anything yeah, yeah. you need that you, within your world and there, there are not many places you can do that obviously there's yeah. a lot of blogs and there's yeah. a lot of other places out there um, but yeah I think the upskilling piece for the for the recruitment team I've used in I the I think past. the mentor the mentoring stuff is fantastic I mean I, I, I think one of the things I'm really most proud of is that the, that came from a group of um, you know we had a sort of working group of people and but said, actually, great if we could do some mentoring because I've got a really couple of young people in my team with a bit inexperienced and I'd like to get them someone else. And, and then actually people at the, the, that were around the table said, actually, I want my mentoring because I've been doing this a bit. Mm. And actually, it, it seems to have got some real legs. Uh, and, and that's always the thing. You know, people are just buying it and doing it. I mean, there's no cost. And, so I think, I'm really, I think that's good and the qualifications and stuff. So, and I think there's more to come. Um, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed the conversation. I'm sure there's you'll most probably get some feedback when we put this out you'll get lots of emails and people saying yeah. oh, I disagree with this and I like that's this funny. and that's good because that's yeah. our point about learning and getting feedback isn't it you yeah. know, it just creates a debate and a place where people can think and reflect and you're, I'm sure you'll get some emails so uh, thank you for spending the time uh, with us and, and, and thank you on behalf of Indeed for all the support of the Good Recruitment Camp Pleasure thank you for having me